Merry Christmas again. Our, our kids yesterday were asking if Christmas was going to be an extra long service because it was Christmas. And I told them that you had asked me to preach for longer than normal. And so I, I'm, I'm sure that you're happy to play along with that joke, right? So the Apostle Paul writes that the grace of God has appeared and it has brought salvation, rescue for all people. And when the Apostle Paul says this, he's talking about Jesus appearing, about His incarnation, His becoming human so that He could be seen and touched. Now when Paul writes this, he's also poking fun a bit. You see, many people in the ancient world, just like today, worship false gods. And people were often obsessed in this period about the appearance of their god. So Zeus, Hercules, Apollo, there were also female gods, Aphrodite, Artemis. And their appearance, uh, this is my opinion, but I think it's right. It's a little bit like you gave a teenage boy an art assignment and asked them to draw pictures of superheroes. This is what the gods look like. They're big and muscular dudes, right? And then beautiful, sensual, scantily clad females. And this was done by adults, people. It wasn't the kids who came up with this, actually. I know we may not worship these gods today, but it should tell you something about human nature. This is what we come up with when we do it ourselves. Paul is saying that the appearance of the true God of Jesus is so much different than the appearance of all other gods. All the false gods that humans have come up with for themselves. And one of the ways it's very different is that the appearance of the true God is a message of grace. All those other gods were just like human beings. They were just more powerful. They were mean. They were vindictive. They were volatile. Just like human beings. But Jesus, every moment of his life was somehow a revelation of grace. And you may know this already, but I want to make sure you're reminded today that grace is an undeserved gift of love. That's what grace is. It's a gift that just blows you away by its generosity. It's as if you you open a gift today, you've given some measly things, and then someone gives you a gift that you can't even give anything to compare to it. That's grace. Jesus is the gift of God living our life, embodying our life. He's born into the vulnerability of infancy. He grows up as a child and as a teenager. And then he becomes an adult. He becomes a friend and a teacher. And at every moment, Jesus is a picture to us of grace. God's undeserved love among us. Even in Jesus' attitude towards those who hurt him. And then at the end of his life, in his death, his life was an extended display of grace, of undeserved love and mercy. 
And the reason that His grace appeared to us, Paul says, the reason that we celebrate this season is because Jesus came to bring salvation to all people. He says that He came to rescue us from our own ways and those ways that we live when we're left to ourselves. Ways of selfishness and even self-destruction. Now, I hope that all of you receive gifts this year. I hope that you receive gifts that you don't deserve. Many of us, if we receive gifts, we receive gifts we don't deserve, right? But if you receive a gift, you're going to have to decide whether to make use of the gift or not. All of us know of those gifts that are more difficult to make use of, don't we? I have this memory seared in my mind of a best friend in high school. His mom would do a lot of shopping on QVC. Familiar? QVC. I'm sorry if that's you. This is not a judgment on you at all. One Christmas, I can remember he received this hat. It was a very Elmer Fudd-like hat. High, top, long, long brim. And then it had a flashlight embedded in the front and the center. Um, I, I don't know if I'm ungrateful or what, but I just think if you try to combine a flashlight and a hat, you get a bad hat and a bad flashlight right? It just doesn't work well. So I remember we, we knew that gift wasn't going to get a lot of use. I know it sound, may sound a little bit corny, but, but grace is a gift that you have to use. It's a gift that you have to practice in your life because grace it, it's not just about a God who is willing to come and forgive your past sins. That's part of it. He gave Himself for you. From the beginning of His life to the end, He was giving Himself to you. But it's not just about forgiving your past sins. It's also about protecting you from future sins. That's what God wants to do for you. Not just forgive you for your past, but protect you for your future. To be your Savior and your Rescuer, grace also has to be your teacher. Listen to what Paul says in Titus chapter 2, verse 12. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, and it trains us. That word train, it's teacher. It's almost disciplinarian in a way. It trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. You see, the, the life of Jesus, it, it, it's as if you are in a dark cave exploring. You're not an expert by any means. And you went out unprepared. And your hat with the flashlight in it, it died. Right? But then someone comes along who knows the way. And they brought the light that you needed to get out of the cave, to make it through. And they shine the light. And they show you the way. How could you do anything but go the way they tell you? You see, to not live in God's grace, it's not just that you're unwilling to receive forgiveness, it's that you're unwilling to walk in the way that God shows you after that forgiveness. And with that forgiveness. You're not willing to live into it and to let it train your life. This is grace. 
Now, the person of Jesus coming into the world means that the grace of God truly has arrived. There is no world ruler who can accomplish all the things that they promise. But this ruler can. God can accomplish everything that he promises. The church father, John Chrysostom, said, Do not think that grace stops at the pardon of former sins. It also secures us against them in the future, for this also is of grace. This is what God wishes to do for you. This is why He has come. We do not need a superhero God. We need a God who has become like us so that we can actually become like Him in His grace and in His mercy. And Paul says that the grace of God has appeared, but he also says that He's going to appear again. And when He comes again, He will appear not just in grace, but in glory. He has come, but He's also coming. And the question of this Christmas season is, are we still preparing for His coming again? Are we living in light of His first coming so that when He comes again, we are ready to receive Him in all His grace, His undeserved love, and in all His glory so that we can become like Him in His glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.